find the baller. My life is more than money and money. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and journey. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home at last. Behind the baller. Yo, what up, y'all? You are now listening to the greatest podcast in the entire world, Behind the Baller, where I rarely talk about jewelry, and I talk about almost everything else. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. We are live in New York City, and uh, there's something about this place that just makes me not want to sleep. And when I go outside and I smell these New York streets, I just get motivated to get at it early, all right, to grind and hustle and, uh, of course, do what I love most, and that's talk that shit into this sure microphone. So let's get right into it. Um, I was going to do an emergency podcast yesterday because of the new CDC warning, and I've been saying this all along. You guys already know it's been, I've been on the front lines. Uh, this shit is much worse than people think it is. Some people are still taking it as a fucking joke, okay? I'd say even maybe 80%, and that's being, like, fair, right? Because I think maybe 90% of the people that are out there, um, not necessarily everyone who listens to this, but the people who are out there, just, you know, general people I know in the streets and the general public, they think this shit is, like, not going to affect their daily lives. And my question is, has there ever in our lifetime been a time where schools were closed? There was a curfew in the USA, okay? Not in the 47 years that I've been alive, no, okay? The CDC said this could be bad. Really? You fucking assholes. How about you let us know how bad, okay? How about you be totally transparent and give us an estimate of how many thousands of people are currently infected in the United States of America, okay? They updated the number to 53 infections inside the United States, but then what about those 70 people who were infected on a plane trying to enter Costa Mesa, okay? There are still idiots trying to say that China is getting better and that there's no new uh, infections and no new deaths and it's, it's on a decrease. No, you fucking dipshits. China is not releasing any information to us, okay? There's no cure still, okay? And it's crazy. This company said they made a cure, and all of a sudden, their fucking stock went up like 3,000%. And um, for the loyal listeners, you know I have been at the, I've been literally talking about this for a month now, okay? And um, I have group chats with my friends from, like, from cars, from VVS, from employees, and several different group chats, okay? And I got guys, and there's always like one guy, like, oh, you know what, the N95 and the N99 mask, it's, it's not going to really be good enough for you, and it's not going to prevent you from getting sick. Okay, this is reality. All right. Two doctors in China were helping out a person, um, or a doctor and, and his assistant, helping out a person who they assumed was infected with the COVID-19 virus. They both had on N95 or better mask, respirator masks, right? There were six people that were helping them, and two of those people were police officers, okay, that were assisting, okay? The person later did test positive for COVID-19 virus, and guess what? All the six people that were helping, 
they were wearing regular masks. They got infected, okay? The doctor and the nurse wearing the N95 masks didn't get infected. Is that luck? No. Now, I know it's tiny, these fucking molecules that the fucking virus is in, whatever, and they're saying, you know, even an N100 couldn't protect you. You know what, man? It's helping. Regardless, you don't know how fucking deep this motherfucker's coughing, whatever it may be. It's helping you more than fucking regular medical masks, okay? It is, now I know it is near impossible to get masks anywhere. They're not anywhere on Amazon. They're not anywhere, period. They're back ordered for months. Emergency food kits are sold at Costco in California. I've seen videos of markets being packed here in New York City. People are getting worried finally, and they should be, okay? I love being prepared in everything I do. I love being prepared for a trip, for, you know, my daily activities, and this might be the only time I'm not excited about being prepared because I know for a fact that this outbreak is going to be so ugly. It's going to be tough to see that, you know, people that I actually know get sick, okay? If you see the situation in Italy, then you see some of the fucking biggest fashion houses have canceled their runway shows in Milan. Uh, it's Milan Fashion Week out there. One of the biggest fucking high fashion brands did a goddamn online show only without an audience because they didn't want to risk the fucking coronavirus getting out there, okay? Food is sold out at all the fucking markets, grocery stores, whatever the fuck you want to call it. There's no food anywhere, okay? Fear has hit hard in Italy, all right? Hotel is in lockdown. There's hundreds of people in there because someone's infected. It's getting scary as fuck all over the place, all right? The only places not affected yet are... Um, Central America and Mexico, okay? They just had their first case of infection in Brazil today or this morning. It is just, it is, it's fucked up, all right? I, I mean, again, it's hard not to panic, but you have to prepare yourself. Keep yourself indoors if you don't feel okay. If you feel like you got the flu, then okay, go to a hospital, get checked up. If you're not in California, um, Atlanta, Chicago, New York, or Washington State, like Seattle areas, a lot of places don't really have the testing for coronavirus, an actual real test to see if you have it. So, you know, it's tough. But, you know, you should avoid churches, major crowded places, airports, okay? Um, Orange County, San Francisco, and San Diego have all declared state of emergencies, which means they know shit is about to hit the fan, and it's, and it's already hit the fan hard, okay? They're asking the government for money for funding. All right, Korea is fucking bad. Korea went to a level four this week. Um, when you go to a level four, it's awful. All right, and it's not going to get better anytime soon because the shit's still going. Um, now the conversation about canceling the Olympics is being seriously talked about. In the last three days, almost two trillion dollars has been lost in the stock market. Okay, two trillion dollars. Do you know how many fucking commas that is? It's so many, you don't even, it doesn't even look like a real number, like a realistic number, okay? And remember, the CDC says it's not if we get an outbreak, it's when this outbreak hits. And they told us to prepare for school closures, all right? Churches closing, major corporations. If you work for a big company like, you know, fucking who fucking knows any kind of a major corporate google facebook okay be prepared for to be working from home businesses to be closed all right um you know what it's getting so serious they could possibly cancel nba games you know billions and trillions of dollars will be lost globally 
due to this virus and they already have there already has been crazy shit with apple nike a ton of people you know um they're they're canceling fucking what mission impossible just got canceled because they're scared about coronavirus every major expert in infectious disease has stated this will infect and affect 70 percent 60 to 70 percent of the global population that means the entire earth the whole planet okay I, again, am not trying to scare you. I just want you to be prepared and informed, all right? Wash your hands thoroughly under your nails, on top, bottom. Wash between the knuckles. Wash your ass, all right? Protect yourself. There is a lack of medicine worldwide. We don't have enough antibiotics to help all the people that have, that have flu viruses and everything else. People don't know what the fuck it is, Right? And um, the antibiotics doesn't hurt, help for the coronavirus anyway. But for the slow people that still don't understand, this is not the Zika virus. This is not the SARS virus. This is way worse. Way it, It's way more contagious. It's way more dangerous. All right? And it's not the common flu. Oh, this year, this people. No, shut the fuck up. Okay? The flu, man, motherfuckers ain't. This, this is a whole different level. Because... For the people that are at home, just, just feel like shit and they're trying to get better. This shit attacks your lungs, your respiratory system, your heart. Remember, on the second time you catch it or third time you catch it, just sayonara. Kiss your ass goodbye, okay? This is 100,000 times fucking worse, okay? You need to take it very serious. If everyone gets their shit in gear, then yes, maybe we can calm this shit down in the U.S. You know, they're, they're saying it's not realistic to... Um, do travel bans and things like that. I don't understand why. You know, it's fucked up. It is what it is. It's, it's. I mean, I know motherfuckers aren't worried, but let, let me tell you a, a real story, okay? And someone's like, oh, this story was fake about the Korean lady that was like, no, it wasn't, you fucking stupid motherfuckers. Because you're talking about my neighborhood. You're talking about people that own restaurants in a, in a hood I grew up in all my life where my mom knows these people. We. It's a small community, no matter how big K-Town is now, Okay. A female flight attendant from Korean Air was on a flight from Seoul to LAX. She landed at LAX, and she was literally here for 14 hours, okay? She has been tested positive for the coronavirus, okay? She's infected. She hit four major spots in Koreatown while she was here for her 14-hour layover, all right? This bitch got busy as fuck. She went to fucking BTS's favorite restaurants and all the other K-pop fucking stars that they go to, okay? She hit four hot spots, pun intended. Not some low-key shit. She went to Hangari, Kalkuksu. She went to Agassi, Kopcheng. She went to Hanshin Bar. She went to Honey Pig. Three of these spots that, you know, out of, out of the four, I've been to over a hundred times. Two of these spots I've been to over 300 times easily, okay? For the people like my mom who eats in Koreatown all the time, you know how fucking scary this is? Especially when you think of like someone eating like tenjang shige or like kimchi jjigae or, or soup or something. You know, it's like eight guys will share a bowl of soup and it's like, or eight people. It's like, and no one gets sick, but this is it's a whole different level now. You know, she's touched who knows what at LAX and who fucking knows, okay? Um... I know it's exhausting, but again, just please be careful, right? I canceled my trip to LAX. I had to find a different airport to fly into, and um, I even fucking uh, bought a seat next to me just so I'm not fucking sitting next to somebody and just trying to do whatever I can to prevent myself because 
The airport is the scariest fucking place right now. Um, there's quarantines fucking all over. They're saying that there's 70 people right now in Atlanta who they think are infected. There's they're saying 75 people in um, I forgot what the fuck the county is, but we're in Long Island. They're thinking that are infected. This is fucking crazy. You know, it's spreading so fast, and it's gonna, there's going to be a community outbreak. It's going to be crazy. There's this guy in Northern California right now who has it, and he has not visited China at all whatsoever. That means it is one of the very few, or if not first, in the USA of contact. Uh, infection. He he got it from someone else. But anyways, okay. I'm in New York. All right, you guys know this. All right, I got busy this week. Let's just get into that. Monday, I woke up. Um, I hit my favorite fucking you know little coffee spot, Pret. I like Pret better than fucking Coffee Bean or or um, Starbucks. They got way better food. Uh, they have little packs of Cholula. Actually, Coffee Bean does too. I just like their coffee. Actually, Coffee Bean's other drinks are really good, but Pret overall is really dope. They don't have it in LA. Um, I got my coffee, chopped it up real quick with my dog, Greg Yuna, aka the original Mr. Flawless. I think Greg is so talented, so fucking funny, you know what I mean? He's a great guy, takes care of two older men. Um, these two old guys, uh, one's name is Joe, one's name is David. Um, they create hilarious moments together like several, many times a day. Uh, both of these guys are almost 60 years old, by the way. And uh, one is an OG black dude from Harlem. The other one is, a, uh, I think, a Puerto Rican guy. He has a slight disability. And um, in fact, I think he even gets government assistance. There's even an older lady that Greg takes care of as well. And you know what? All of these people he takes care of, meaning he breaks them off a little bit of bread, Um He's changed their lives. Like the, the, he's like the best thing has happened to them, and they're funny guys, and it's just amazing, you know. Like the first time I met these guys, they, I didn't really want to shake their hands, whatever. Like now these guys are clean, they're running errands, just good dudes, all right. And I hope that Greg eventually finds a, a big, some kind of payday, if it's outside jewelry or something that just gets him properly paid. You know, he deserves it. It's one of the few people who I say this about, and he's just got a crazy big heart, man. But, uh, you know, I checked the climate on uh, 47th Street. Um, I'm hearing about motherfuckers getting jacked left and right, people getting robbed at their house. I'm just watching videos of this shit. It's crazy, like, you know, on surveillance systems. And honestly, you know, um, as far as creativity and anything, nothing really caught my eye. Nothing was worth talking about. Um, I did my meeting with my client, and then I went uh, back to my hotel real quick to go watch the Kobe tribute, which was fucking heartbreaking. Um, Vanessa Bryant, wow, you have strength beyond any mortal woman that I know. The part where she said she'll never be able to see Gigi walk down the aisle and get married and then do the father and daughter dance, yo, that shit hit me on a whole different level. It hit different for real. To hear Michael Jordan talk and cry that hard as he did, like I've met MJ a few times, I've hung out with him. He ain't really the most soft-spoken dude. In fact, he's not really outspoken at all. I've seen him crack his jokes here and there, but to talk the way he talked about Kobe and just, it was it was really fucking remarkable. It, it was insane. So um, later Monday, early evening, I take an Uber to my agency. That's uh, XL Sports Management, you know, and I finally get to meet most of the big dogs there. Um, my agents, Eric and Maddie, are both fucking studs. Um, they rep some big fucking heavy hitters in different sports and uh they got me courtside tickets to the nets game 
Um, we took a car service to Barclays. Could not get on the subway, even though it takes you right there. And it was going to cut probably be half the time the car was. But uh, the coronavirus is just fucked up. And I was about to be in a fucking subway. There's been a lot of robberies and shit. And I just couldn't have that. So we get to Barclays. We're in Brooklyn. And the VI treatment begins. It is just fucking so nice to be noticed. Um, and and sh- just mad love being shown by Brooklyn fans. You know, I have a lot of followers in New York City. And like Biggie said, um, spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. And as soon as we walk into the o- owner's private suite, bam, he's right there. The fucking owner. Um, he's one of the partners, one of the majority owners of the Brooklyn Nets. And he's like, oh, shit, you're Ben Baller. And I'm like, yeah. So we chop it up for a little bit. Um, he's like, please sit down and eat anything you want to drink. We have a bar. You know, um, we got uh, lobster sandwiches here. We have this. And then he goes, we have some, we have catering from Carbone. And I was like, excuse me, sir. I'll be right back. That is my cue there to go eat. You already know. Um, I love me some motherfucking spicy rigatoni. Uh, those meatballs are fire. Didn't have them because I don't eat red meat. So anyways, I get a plate and I start chowing down. And the whole time I'm thinking on the way there, like, you know what? A chicken sandwich would be nice. You know, just something light, cool. I didn't expect much. I was like, you know, worst case, I have a pretzel maybe with some nacho cheese. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a bunch of people in the suite, celebrities and such, you know. Uh, but Bobby Cannavale was there. And I got to chop it up with him. And he's in fucking everything. He's a fucking amazing actor. I fucking love him. Uh, one of my favorite movies that he was in was a movie called Win Win with uh, Paul Giamatti. But most recently, he was a co-star in The Irishman. He played the club owner early on in the movie. And uh, that Robert De Niro was like, oh, do you like steak? He was like, yeah, of course I like steak. And he's like, well, I can deliver you steak. And, uh, you know, that's him. Anyways, he's a cool dude. Um, Future was there. Got to chop it up with Future for a little bit. Lil Yachty was there. My dog, Coach K, was there. And as I'm sitting, um, baseline, courtside, I pleasantly got a, a, a tap on my shoulder, turn around. It's my guy, Sheck West. He's like, yo, what's good? What are you doing here? And, you know, we chop it up for a little bit, but uh, back to the game. Um, it was a blowout, right? The first half was a complete fucking blowout. The, the Nets were up by 17, and they just, I don't know what it was, man. The Magic just needed to get their heads out of their asses. It was weird. So um, me and my agent, Eric, we walk up to the owner's suite back up there and. uh Andrew Yang, as soon as we open the door, Andrew Yang is right there talking to the owner of the team. And I'm like, fuck, finally, I get to meet Mr. Math, Mr. Yang Gang. By the way, I was Yang Gang before he was, all right, and I'm older than him. But uh, we chopped it up. He showed mad love. Um, he's like, yeah, I saw your name on a list of celebrities that, that have endorsed me. And um, he thanked me for the support. Uh, he even went on his, on his Twitter and posted a picture of us. And, and, and he said, you know, thank you. He publicly thanked me. Um, we got to talk a little bit, and uh, I think now that he's out of the, you know, of the race, um, it'd be easier to get him on the podcast. In fact, he said he's starting his own podcast, but uh, I know his campaign manager. I can get a hold of him now, and uh, that'd be dope. Get it going. Um, it, it's fucking crazy, right? The power of social media and um, the power of this actual podcast behind the baller. Uh, sidebar, thank you, Miles Davis and Jordan Winter, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers, and of course... Without Mikey, Mike Rappaport, I, I, this couldn't happen. Um, so, all right, so we, we walked back down, uh, half times over, and uh, I'm pleasantly surprised by our host. 
we were sitting, you know, courtside baseline floor seats, and we got upgraded to dead center floor seats. All right. And as that happened, this game started getting fucking crazy, started getting close. Aaron Gordon's fucking busting threes, fucking Dinwiddie's fucking going crazy. It was just, it was, the game got close. In the first half, there was maybe two lead changes total. In the second half, there was like 13 to 15 lead changes. It was fucking intense. Uh, like I said, Dinwiddie was balling hard as fuck. In fact, they weren't missing Kyrie. I mean, who knows? But he was holding his own. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, the, the Nets couldn't pull it off. Uh, it went down to the last shot, and the Magic got away with a W. Um, Aaron Gordon did his thing. He was fucking dunking. He motherfucker was shooting threes. He was busting threes in the ass. It was weird. And um, Mo Bamba had a couple big block shots. But uh, you know what? Overall, it was a dope experience. It's kind of like sad. Not really sad. I don't know. It's it's kind of sad though. You know, like that a different team outside of my hometown from a totally different state. You know, from New York, they take care of me way better than Staples does. You know, but. You know, us Lakers, I'm Laker for life. And, you know, maybe they just, obviously, I, I'm not a big deal in L.A., which is fine by me. You know, big deal to my mom, my wife, but and my kids, but, you know, maybe not to the the people in Los Angeles. So um, Tuesday, I get on a call with Sotheby's Auction House. If you know um, what Sotheby's is, uh, Sotheby's is, this ain't something light, Okay. Besides the major jewelry houses uh, like Harry Winston, De Beers, Van Cleef, Cartier, you know, you don't see them doing auctions for Johnny Dang or like Elliot or something, right? They, these, they don't even know that those guys exist. You know, no offense to those dudes. You know, they might know that Jacob exists because of some random things here and there, but like it's it's just a different level of what they're dealing with. And now they want to partner up with me and do a dope ass project, which I will. Uh, Listen, I'll make sure that I get all the good fellas involved, okay? Well, maybe not all, but I'm saying the key players that need to be in, in this project. But uh, anyways, after that, I shot back to Brooklyn, jumped in an Uber uh, to go sit down with the legend, uh, Brian Donnelly, a.k.a. Cause One. Um, he's prepping for an upcoming show, and he had opened the fucking studio door, and he had sick-ass paintings being finished up in his studio, like... Man, every time I see Cause, he just elevates his game so just effortlessly, but just like just just all dope, you know, just just kills it. Um, we sat down and immediately we started discussing the coronavirus. Something that I discussed with everyone is crazy. Um, his wife is Chinese, so he knows about the severity of it. Uh, we talked about our kids, fatherhood. Um, he talked about some crazy shit. Actually, he told me some nutso shit that he's been just with uh, threats and stuff. And I had the same thing. I tell him, I get that shit way more. But, you know, he's a very soft-spoken, just chill dude. He doesn't beef with anybody. But uh, I brought his daughter some gifts from IF and Co. And then uh, we discussed a potential secret project, which has been in discussion for almost a year now. It's a slow process, but it's looking real promising. Um, he showed me some of his upcoming pieces that no one's seen yet, and they're fucking dope as fuck, of course. Uh, the pretty much top secret shit. He uh, showed me something else as well that is fucking insane. I don't even know how to explain. I mean, I can't talk about it, one. And um, I don't know how I would even explain it. But he assured me that I was on the list for all of this stuff upcoming and that, you know, I'd be getting sent the invites and other stuff. And I was just very grateful that that Brian is, I got I got a hold of him, you know, and, and we we got cool before he like exploded, exploded, got big. But um, 
it was crazy. Just an hour before um, coming to a studio, he released his latest toy figures, the Cause Share, and um, he gave me all three colors. It's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like, what an amazing gift. So um, I shoot back to my hotel to meet up with this guy, Andrew, who owns an accessory line called Vianel. I'm sure you've seen it. You see it's, it's in Barney's. It's all the cool boutiques. And he makes like Croc and Snakeskin iPhone cases and all kinds of accessories. Uh, he made me two custom VVS pen holders. One that is uh, like a snakeskin that holds for the pod pen. The other one's like a, kind of like a Croc skin for the C-cell pens. It's actually fucking dope. And uh, shout out to my cousin, Anita. She uh, made the introduction. Um, and then later, man, you know, my boy Greg, you know, he came by to my hotel to take me on a date. Um, we kept chopping it up. He's got a lot on his mind. He's really trying to trying to come up, and he's hungry as fuck. So uh, literally hungry and uh, uh, metaphorically, you could say he's hungry. I don't know. Um, anyways, I'm 10 years older than Greg, so, you know, he he's just, you know, he's at a different place, and he, he wants to get where I'm at, or if not, I mean, I hope he gets further, and, I, you know, I, I want to help him. It's just tough. But uh, we hit the the brand new Catch Steakhouse, which yeah, it's affiliated with Catch, the the very famous trendy seafood restaurant in Los Angeles. Um, I just was at the one in Vegas with uh, our last guest, uh, Hustler, and I won't lie, the steak looked really good. It looked pretty good. Um, I got the salmon, obviously. It was lit. Um, but yo, if you ever go to Catch Steakhouse, their fucking sweet potatoes are so good. I couldn't stop talking about it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, we got some dessert, even coffee. And by the time we left, it was fucking heavy in there. It was like, I seen David Beckham. I seen, uh, I forgot who, uh, crazy fucking powerful music mogul. I saw a bunch of models in there. It, it was a vibe. It, it was dope. But you know, who cares, right? I'm old and washed up. I don't give a fuck. Uh, we jumped into Greg's new Rolls Royce Wraith. I'm very proud of him. You know, he thinks, that, well, you know, good for him, man. <laughs> I'm not going to be a hater. And then we drove around Manhattan and kept chopping it up. Um, he actually dropped me off at Dave & Buster's. And I was going to link up with Lil Uzi, but Lil Uzi didn't feel like, um, well, actually, I didn't feel like waiting for him because he just takes forever and, and and the place closed, you know, early. By the way, um, Lil Uzi brought his customized Bugatti Veyron and he made it look, he just made his car look like a cheap car. It's just crazy. Whatever. I love you, Uzi. You know that. Um, and he brought his Veyron, he brought his Bugatti to Manhattan and he parked it like right down from his apartment building where he has an apartment here and um, parked outside and he parked it at a construction zone. So the NYPD came and wanted to tow the car. But again, this is a $1.5 million car. So there's like a lot of, there's like some, some like legal uh, limit issues. And they couldn't because they tried to put it on. They like literally attempted to put one part on. They're trying to put the boot on the car. And <laughs> they're trying to put a boot on a fucking Bugatti. It was the illest shit ever. I fucking put it on Twitter. It was crazy. They tried everything they could. They had every part on of the boot onto the Bugatti wheel except for one part. So it was an unsuccessful um, try. And so Uzi went downstairs. He gets the Bugatti. He drives around the block. Then he comes right back around and he parks it in the exact same spot and he leaves it there. I texted him. I said, listen, you're my new fucking idol. And then all he could say was, yo, where's my nephew London? So anyways, I'm at Dave and Buster's. Um, I'm going crazy on Star Trek. And uh, Speed of Light and uh, Halo and fucking uh, all kinds of shit. But uh, I racked up 190,000 tickets on my Dave & Buster's uh, game card. And like, that means I could pretty much get anything in that winter store. I mean, I can get an Xbox One, the new PS4. I can get a fucking, 
I mean, anything. You know, I think they have like that that robot, like that uh, vacuum cleaner thing. It's like a circular robot thing that goes on hardwood floors. I mean, I can get anything I want. The crazy thing is I don't want shit. So what the fuck am I going to do with all these points or these tickets? I don't know. You know, maybe I give them to my kids. I have no idea. But shout out to Dan Busters for always holding me down in any city, any location. Major shout out to my bro, Popeye. He is the fucking man. Popeye, I love you, bro. Um, but yo, right about now, I want to take a break. That was a pretty long intro, you know what I'm saying? When we come back, I have a very special guest on the podcast that you would never think I'd have on my show. Um, he's a jeweler who uh, called me out when I don't think I fully deserved to be called out, whatever, but you know, he said he was defending himself. He had a small role in Uncut Gems. He's a, he's a popular jeweler on Instagram and on YouTube, and uh, seems like he's a very hard worker. Um, when we get back, I got Tracks NYC on Behind the Baller. Yo, Miles, hit me one time with that Lakey Lake, please. the baller podcast live from new york city we got a very special guest in the house tonight man listen this is some funny ass shit because of all the people you might have thought that'd be on the podcast this might be the last person you'd ever thought of getting on here and um shout out to my boy josh safty because uh it was uh partially your idea and um you know how much i love you so we have tracks NYC in the house, man. What's going on, guys? Yo, what's Max, going on? what's good, man? Ben Bowler Podcast Gang. Hello, what's going on? <laughs> so, Tracks, man, your real name is uh, Maksud? Maksud Agajani, that's my name. Can you tell the people, where are you originally from and where did you go up? I was born in Baku, Azerbaijan, 1986, September 19th. I came to America right around when I was, I turned seven in America, right, right when I got here. You turned seven? Yep. Um, you're you American citizen. I mean, not that it matters, but yeah, I am. I okay, am. I got a funny story. Ready for this? Yeah. Um, never heard of Azerbaijan in my entire <laughs> life. In 2013, I get a call from the king or the prince of Azerbaijan or the mm -hmm. sultan or whatever it was, the head yeah, guy. Yeah. And they want Justin Bieber to fly out there. I had no idea where the fuck this place was. I find everything, whatever. There's like a small, special Ritz Carlton that they built for him. I guess whatever. I bet they did. And we go there, private jet, worst flight of my entire life, first of all. People think that private jets are cool, and they're cool if you're going like an hour or two. Yeah. When you start going into some wind shit, you know, unless you got a jumbo jet, yeah. no, In you know. International flights are not really the move. It's, it's the worst. So we refueled, get there. When I were there 24 hours, it was just a fucking, it was very, I mean, goddamn. I've never been to Turkey before, and I was the closest I've been to it, so I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. Well, the thing about Azerbaijan is they're taking the oil money, and they're giving it to... Justin Bieber instead of their own people. That's probably why I'm here in New York and not in uh, Baku anymore. But that's Bro, just how they roll. Bro, 1.5 million for just like a couple hours. It was crazy. Yep. They take their money and instead of investing in their own people, they throw it at Justin Bieber and Lady Gaga and whoever else. That's what, how uh, what language do you speak? I'm sorry. I speak Russian. Oh, you speak Russian? Yeah. Okay. That's what's up. So what year did you become a jeweler? 
That would be 2004, right? Um, uh, I guess I got into the jewelry business. I sold my first ring in 2004 for $750, and it cost me $750. <laughs> oh, shit. So we, we started at the same time. Um, what attracted you to jewelry? Uh, nothing in particular. If you want the full story, um, you know, I was just good with computers, and my boy, my friend, a Puerto Rican kid named Danny, uh, Danny Cruz, he was begging me to install Counter-Strike on his computer. He was like, install it, install it, I need it, I need it. And his computer was riddled with viruses. So I'm sitting there battling his computer and trying to get rid of these viruses and install this Counter-Strike. And his older cousin who was hustling stuff from Canal Street and going all over the place, he kind of gave me like an internship. He's like, why don't you roll with me? Because he needed a computer kid. And he, was, uh, he went down to Canal. He was wheeling and dealing, doing all sorts of business over there. And, um, you know, I started uh, photographing things for him and helping him with the eBay stuff. He kind of ripped me off. So I, I saw those, uh, you know, people down there on Canal Street. And I started to thinking, listen, I could attack this e-commerce shit and photograph some jewelry and do my thing. So that's what got you into it? Okay. Yeah, I needed to make money. I wasn't planning on going to college. I can't sit still in a classroom. I can't listen to the teacher. And I saw, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, some money in, over there. In hindsight, you know, if I was a kid all over again, I probably would have went into real estate or something like that, hustled and did that uh, type of stuff that would have been more fruitful than this super competitive, difficult business with... Please, make, make sure you tell these people out here, they always ask me, I want to be a jeweler. I'm like, listen, bro, yeah. this ain't the business you want to be in. Yeah. And because I'm at the top of the game, it's even worse. Because you got a motherfucking million people are like, yo, let's take this fucking guy down. Let's do this. And yeah. they don't know about the story that, you know, to, to get me there. Um, question. Do you have a GIA degree? No. Good for you. Neither do I. <laughs> um, do you, like, actually do any bench work? Do you know anything about goldsmith work? Do you do any, like... Um... I could polish, you know, which is easy, of yeah. course. But I'm, I, I like polishing jewelry, but... Um, I don't do any bench work personally, no, man. Okay. Do you? Do you do bench work? I do, I do a little bit. I think my specialty probably would be the rhodium. Uh -huh. I could polish. Final polish I can get down on, depending on how much time I have. I do like to keep a good manicure, but if you see, my, my cuticles are always fucked up. Uh -huh. But the rhodium is my specialty. That's what, like, basically my favorite thing. But what, what is it to rhodium? You dip it in the... No, I'm talking about pen rhodium, though. Oh, I'm doing colors and stuff. Oh, okay. I'm, doing, I'm dealing with like, you know, like lots of colors and everything and breaking it out. Uh -huh. I love fucking with like rose gold rhodium on certain things. I love you know throwing out the black rhodium on, yeah. on, on the thing. How many colors of rhodium are there? You got rose gold, black gold, and... There's white gold. There's yellow gold. Yeah. That's that, that, that's pretty, pretty what I don't it, right? like is when people have a yellow gold piece mm -hmm. and they have white diamonds that are like maybe like SI3s mm -hmm. and then they'll white rhodium the thing to make it look like, you know what I'm saying? To make it yeah. more like, there's all the tr fucking shitty tricks in the world. Yeah, well, you know, as long as they're charging what it's worth and they want to make it look nice, there's nothing wrong with that. Right, right. All right, man. So let's get right into the shit. Yeah. That's, what, that's what we need to get into, sure, right? Because sure. these people. I watched parts of the video you made after you seemed to be very upset you know yeah. about my podcast episode yeah. with greg yuna um i didn't really see more than two or three minutes but uh you know i have to dress like listen you made some false claims about me okay it's cool sure and that's why we're here so we can address this and put it past us right but before like before we even get into that part which well we're getting into it now right okay why the fuck did you get so upset man i just i re-listened to my episode right. that, that with greg and i know greg kind of went in Mm -hmm. I didn't. I said that kind of one thing. But what got you so angry at me? Um, 
you know, I mean, I felt extremely disrespected. Like I said in the video or what have you, I was just driving home and someone's hitting me up and you're looking down on your phone. They're saying, oh, you know, they're throwing dirt on your name. That's what that's what, what got to me. And I'm sitting there, I'm just driving home after a hard week, trying to go home, trying to have dinner, relax, enjoy myself. You know, I was with my girlfriend or what have you. And all of a sudden, you know, I kind of lose my appetite and I kind of get angry. And I'm like, I have to do something about this because... I didn't warrant anything to get any disrespect from anybody, right? So, you know... And that is true. That's really what got to me. So it, it felt like an insult in a way that, you know, I felt like I was in a... You know, like you could throw something at a tiger in a cage, right? You're in a cage, ha, 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 this and that. And I felt kind of angry. I felt like I wanted to jump out of that cage and, and do what I got to do. And that's that's what came of it. Okay, so question are you, are you cool with greg right now like today? yeah yeah i'm cool with cool. everybody I, I you know no, but what i'm saying is he was you <laughs> got mad at me like <laughs> greg was the one that like really went further in it and then um he told me like a day or two later he was looking for you he wanted to talk to you about it boom uh -huh. and i was like yo dude like you know I, I was like this is silly dog you know but i you weren't the only person i got pissed off a yeah. lot of people were upset yeah a lot of people were upset Okay, right. I don't know how much of the show you listen to, but I just want, want you to understand this, right? Most of my fans, my followers, they know. Okay, my mom was a dress contractor since before I was born, right? right. She yeah. sewed dresses for a living. Gotcha. And then she owned a small bakery, right? And mm -hmm. then she retired around uh, 2011, you know? She's, but my father was a professor for 30 years. He's taught at UCLA. Hardworking um, people, man. My dad never owned, never, never made more than $30,000 a year, right? Right. Where did you get the part about me growing up rich and my family was in jewelry and getting my business? I, I just, didn't say that you grew up rich, but I said you had mommy's and daddy's jewelry store to tinker with. But why don't you tell me, you know, enlighten me if I was wrong about that, you know, um, what it is and how you, you got to, what's the first jewelry store you walked into where you were working and doing business? So what happened was my uncle was a jeweler. Okay. He had a store inside the slots and swap meet. That's almost kind of like in the Bronx, you know, that, that flea market and that like, kind of like thing. Like one sure, of those. sure. So imagine like, this is in the shitty ass area. This is the slots and swap meet. It's, it's South Central Los Angeles. This is a Compton, not the Compton, I'm sorry. It's the hood, it's the ghetto. And my uncle had a shop there. He sold gold, he sold everything else. They did repair work. They did a lot of nameplates, bamboo earrings. You know, this was that era. Um, my uncle and my mom, didn't speak over some money. This is just typical family shit with Koreans and uh, huh. you know, a lot of businesses doing through handshakes, no legal contracts, things like that. So when I decided to become a jeweler, I became a millionaire in 2004. Right. I traveled for a year and I said, hey, listen, this money's gonna go real fast if I don't figure out some way to figure, you know, with, try mm -hmm. to do something. In hindsight, like you said, if I were to redo this again, I don't know. Uh -huh, sure. I don't know if I do real estate, but I don't know if I do this. But just to be clear on your answer, your uncle, you, you, he gave you an internship at his shop. Or Didn't he give me an internship. I'll, I'll continue. Job. Yeah, sure. So pretty much, I came in. I said, "Listen, I got some money. I don't want to work for you." Where'd you if get we, the money from? Sorry to cut you off. I sold my sneakers, okay. my sneaker collection. Okay. It was it was a world record on eBay. In fact, it was a world record in the Guinness Book of World Records. How did you get the money for the sneakers, bro? So I just been collecting them for you know probably about a decade. Okay. And I work with Nike. I was able to get a lot of stuff. I work with Jay-Z. I work with a lot of big people. Mm -hmm. So some of these sneakers were worth 25, 30,000 each. Nice. And I had a lot of sneakers. I was really smart about buying things. This was when the when people didn't understand, like reselling Supreme and things like that. I was really heavy early in the game. And that helped me with with uh, getting, obviously, um, my uh, startup capital. So I told my uncle, I said, listen, man, me and my cousin are probably the closest relatives I have. 
he took over my uncle's business and said, I'm only going to do this if we move, even if we move to the next booth, I don't give a fuck what it is. It's uh-huh. got to be a new booth. It's got to be a new name and we got to be partners. Right. I came in hundred percent legit okay. and I wanted to do this a different way. Okay. So that's how I started it. That's hundred percent facts. Okay. I got you. I mean, listen, you, I don't uh, begrudge you anything or, te- or want to disparage you in any way. Anything I said was in defense of my own name. That's really what I did, right? Right. You know, when someone messages you and they're saying you're throwing, they're throwing dirt in your name and it's somebody, you know, on IG or something like that, there's going to be people looking and seeing how you respond. Or they're going to say, oh, you know, th- th- I'd be quite frank with you, man. I wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast with you if I let it slide. It, it wouldn't have been a good look. And I had to defend my name. If something was untrue, if it wasn't your your mother and father, it was your uncle, or you went partners, listen, man, you know that's why people should avoid conflicts with one another. Because you know, <laughs> but, but I get my information. I'm just saying I, I I researched before, so it's accurate. But another thing too is, listen, I'm a lot older than you. Yeah, a lot older than you, right? <laughs> I'm. How old are you, man? I'm 47, almost oh, 47. Okay, so you like, look yeah. young. You look young. Thank you. So going on, my wife is a very fair person. Like Jimmy, we're totally different, right? Me and my wife. Like she's actually a decent person, right? Like I and I'm, bet I'm, she is. I bet she is. She's man. like, hey, you know what? I don't know what the fuck is going on. She goes, you're taunting this guy. And she goes, I don't know what the fuck your problem is. And she said, you know what? I don't even know who this guy is. And but all I know is that you're bullying this guy. And he seems like he is just trying to make a living. And I said, all right, babe, it's time for you to go. Like, I don't want to hear this shit anymore. You know what I mean? Then Josh was like, bro, Ben, come on, man. Did you feel in any which way that you were being like slightly bullied, like kind of like, or do you just thought that I was just being a dick? Like, what I, was? I, I would I would use the word disparaged. You know, that's disparaged. The word, is, okay, that's that's that, more that, of that's a, the word that would describe what, what what happened. You know, especially it wasn't just one; it was two people having a laugh. I don't know who used the word eBay jeweler. Was that you or was, it? Was, it was me. Yeah, exactly. That really got to me. You know, just starting a business. Like, let's say it was like you just told me your wife said. Just, you know, getting on my feet, doing my thing, whatever opportunities I have. And, you know, 15 years later, someone's sitting there and calling you an eBay jeweler and this and that. Hey, listen, bro, that's that's not the move, but it's okay. I, I handled it like a big boy w- within my no, own. No, you went, you did your thing, whatever. Yeah. Is the video still up, bro? The video is up, yeah. <laughs> well, it's buried. I mean, well, I who gives a shit about Question, that? Question, man. Do, do you have enough because it got a lot of views, because it was a big video? Like, what's your... What should, cause I had a video, I, I had something that had, it, my shit got over 1.6 million impressions. I just, I just ended up archiving it after cause you know what? I have some pretty big spot, corporate sponsors and like, yo, listen, not a good look. You, yeah. Why would you fucking do this? Like, boom, you know, it was a lot of people like, I was like, you know what? Let me just take this down. Like what a no big deal. Sure. Is there a reason why you still want it up? The video is called my story. It's right. not called Ben Baller. It's not called Greg Yuna. It's not called fuck this and fuck that. The video is called my story. Right. And it just so happened that, you know, I don't know what got in your head or his head, but fate decided that, you know, I was going to put up a video that was going to tell my story sooner or later. I just wanted to do it the right way because people ask me, what did you do? How did you do it? So on and so forth. I scratched the dirt and built a business. I don't know how else to describe it. And it just so happened that these words came out. Who's the worst jeweler in the world? eBay jeweler this, that, Ikea. And I'm like, yo, I guess it's the time for me to tell my story, bro. Okay. That's really what it came down to, man. Okay. Before we put this to rest for good, yeah. is there anything you want to address me with this whole, that situation? Or we just, let's just let it go. You tell me. Nothing. Okay. Can I ask you one question? Yeah. 
why the fuck did you have a camera in your hand the whole time? <laughs> what was the situation with the camera? I didn't understand it because I didn't watch the whole thing. Well, that camera was the camera I used to start my business, bro. In 2004? Yeah. And you still have it? I have it on. I have it for memories, man. Oh, I mean, it was just sentimental? That's, yeah, yeah. I wasn't oh, using shit. it to sit I didn't here. understand what the... Because I needed to know if that was what you were going to try to use so we could get into the fight. And I was like, okay. Yeah, so right. I, was, no, I, don't I don't know. So. I had no idea. I don't know if it was like an Asian thing because Asian people take pictures and shit. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I don't think so. No, that wasn't it for me. That was my camera that I used. You know, that's... Listen, I, it was my birthday. I made about... Uh, collected about 1800 bucks on my birthday, 18th birthday, and I uh, I bought that camera for about $350, and I went downtown to Canal Street, and I started photographing jewelry with it and used the rest of the money to start up and get going. That's that's okay. what it was. Um, I do remember seeing some stuff on eBay, but you know what? That's beyond whatever. So, ladies and gentlemen, that part of it is done. It ain't going to be no more bringing it up ever, period, whatsoever, um, on some, like, better things um and I'd, and I'd be more than happy you know what i'm saying to bury that and to bury any hatchet that's part of my personality um you know you call me up and you tell me to come down or this and that that i'd be more than happy to shake hands extend an olive branch and you know move forward and, and maybe oh, it's the beginning of a friendship who knows you yeah know we're, we're, we're done with it bro um i saw you in uncut gems how was that working with you know was that the first time you ever acted in a you know in a movie professional yeah of course yeah it was good. Did you have a good time? Like you Yeah, I mean, listen, it was a once in a lifetime experience, you know, like uh, uh being stuck in the Diamond District, right? Uh going up and down the elevator with a bunch of fucking uh 60-year-old guys, you know, day in day out and doing a bunch of bullshit over there. Yeah. And then you get an opportunity to burst in the room and start yelling at Adam Sandler with five cameras on you and a big production team. Yeah. It's a it's a world away. And, you know, there's nothing, it's just, it's a blessing, really. And I'm so thankful to Josh and his brother, Benny, yeah. for giving me that opportunity. Of course, they needed a scene that, uh, where, you know, it looks authentic Diamond District and just so happens that the Diamond District soaked into my skin for the past 15 years and it, it made it look a little bit authentic. So, to be honest with you, that was probably one of the most authentic scenes out there when you were like, yo, man, what the fuck? A couple of the scenes inside the store, you know, that, that was, I'm talking about like the one scene where you're like, yo, I'm, I'm sick and tired of this shit. It was, you know, it was believable. Um, did you have any idea that I was involved in the film? Um, I heard, I heard, but I didn't pay attention to any details, you know. Someone would say Ben Ball or this, Ben Ball, that's all right, good for him, you know. Like your name would come up throughout my, me building my business. You were always out there. No, no, I'm talking about for, for Uncut Gems, though. For Uncut Gems? Um, yeah. yeah, I heard that they were following you around, a jeweler, yeah. something like that. And I said, all right, that's cool. Yeah, no, I, I helped Adam prep for the role, kind of shadowed me and everything. And I gave him all the, like, certain things. Like, one of the things I was directly involved is funny. When he told Kevin Garnett, he goes, let me see those earrings. Let me put them in the ultrasonic for uh, you, yeah, you know. Yeah, it was yeah. like something we, it was just that funny was that, that was some funny shit. Um, but yeah, uh, there was, um, I had two scenes in the movie and they cut out Las Vegas and they cut out LA completely. Uh -huh. There was a scene with Floyd Mayweather. The weekend was still in the movie. And then there was like, it just made more sense to be at One Oak. It made more sense the way it came together. In fact, it wasn't Kevin Garnett at first. I don't know if you know, it was Joel Embiid. Yeah. That makes no sense because Joel hasn't won a championship. Um, there was a lot of different things. They cut the movie um, uh, down to make it what they wanted it to be, but I'm sure the the directors and the production house, you know, they were tugging back and forth on how they wanted it to look. I think, me personally, that, it, you know, th all that real Diamond District juice, they should have kept that in there because that's my personal opinion. But I love the movie, so. No, it was. But I think, 
fuck, man. I don't know how to like really, because I wasn't ready to talk about this, but you know, when I talk to some of my boys, I talk to people who are thespians who study the craft. I know Adam personally. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are like, you know, Adam felt more like a fucking a scumbag gambler than he did a jeweler. But I was like, brother, that's part of life. You know, it, it, it was based upon, you know, Joe Rodeo, kind of that type of <laughs> yeah, thing, exactly. you know, and all that. So do you think the movie, um, like, do you think having that part in there, did it help your career as a jeweler? Of course. I mean, listen, people nice. are people are hitting me up left and right. Um, and it's giving me a lot of legitimacy, of course. Well, and it was funny because, you know, like Avians, you know, Avians, they're like, that's my boy. And, you know, Izzy's son was in the movie yeah. and like that. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, you didn't come to the premiere in Los Angeles, but like, it was cool to like just because you know, you know, I've never actually had beef with really any jewelers or anybody. You know, like TV Johnny, Johnny Dang and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I have issues because I have legitimate issues for, with him. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I, I've even I'm even willing to discuss it on the show and anything. And it's not for views, but listen, if it really gets down to it, I could be a fucking asshole and be like, listen, bro, you want to go call, like pound for pound, like no money, no nothing. Let's see who really want to have a pissing contest with me, mm-hmm. bro. I'm gonna defeat you. I, I'm telling you that with all confidence. You know, like. Sure. I put him on blast for having so many fake followers and blah, blah, whatever. And everyone's trying to catch up. I was like, bro, I don't care about that. Let's just get the job done. Make the client happy. Sure. You know? that, that's what it should be. I mean, listen, jewelers, jewelers, entertainment, entertainment. But you're also two, uh, you know, grown adults. And, you know, to have a conflict, it's, it, it, in life, it's, it doesn't set a good example. And, and it's not necessary, right? It, it, it could hurt anybody. You yeah, know. it depends on who's on, on the end of it. But yeah, being petty is definitely not good. I'm a little too petty for my own good. And, and you know, it, it, it is what it is. And, and, and uh, as a grown man, I, I sort of, you know, that's on me. Right. I'm, I'm willing to accept any consequences that come with that. What does an average typical, like, Tuesday or Wednesday look like for you? Like, when does your day start? Like, break down your day for me. Shit. Well, my day starts at... 12.30 in the afternoon, right? For my, for my staff, it starts early. I mean, I have 30 people working at the Tracks NYC. Right. right? Why 12.30, Because bro? I like to stay up till 4 in the morning, you know what I'm okay. saying, doing research and doing this and that. So I wake up late, and then I take my time, I feed my cats, and I eat breakfast, and I relax, and then I might show up to the Diamond District around 3. I'll be honest with you, Ben. I don't like to be there that much. I've been there for 15 years. I put a lot it's of hard tough, work. It's tough, bro. In. Guess how much I'm on my store. And I have a beautiful store inside. Beverly I'm Hills. sure not a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there maybe not. twice a month, bro. It's yeah. it's tough. You know what? Another thing too is, you would think it would be beneficial for me to be there, but it actually distracts the customers and people want to just sit and chat and not really buy anything and certain things. But yeah, no, it's sure. just it just is what it is. So I pop out and I get there. Sometimes I get there earlier and I sit there and I'm right now I'm in a stage where I'm trying to take strategic decisions. I'm not behind the counter. I'm not really selling anything to anybody. I'm just building a business. We're developing the website and uh, developing marketing, coming up with, with some video idea and uh, building my team, building my staff, you know, probably sim- something similar to what happens to IF and co and what happened, what not. Right. So I see that, you know, you, you're active on your YouTube and stuff, right? Yeah. Do you think if you lost your YouTube page and you lost all your social media, do you think your business would suffer? Yeah. Damn, that's crazy, man. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was hoping for, you know, a different answer. But you know, I just was curious because um, I haven't had a lot of jewelers on here. If um, you know, I've had two. You've been a, a jeweler technically longer than them, um, but uh, you know that that's interesting. But why would you ask that question if I lost all my social media? Because people say that social media is not important. I think it's pretty important. But I think also at the same time, I'm a little older and I think I've established my relationships with people because I was in a music business prior mm-hmm. and I have certain things. So I have other ways of where, like what, I'm, what I mean is, you know that term, your Rolodex? Mm-hmm. 
I still have a Rolodex and I still have, like, I'm still going to be able to get the traditional way, like, whether it be on television, whether it be here, here, and here. And I'm saying if, if YouTube and Instagram and all that stuff was never existed anymore, like, right. let's say they became banned, like, in China. Sure. China, it doesn't exist in China, yeah. right? Like, how would you do business? I mean, there'd be a way to figure it out. Sure, just... of course. I mean, listen, if you hustle, it doesn't matter if you're in another dimension. Forget about YouTube. You could be in a, in a parallel universe somewhere or something like that, and you could still figure out how, what you got to do. Because 100%. opportunities present themselves all the time. And that was a different dynamic, the Rolodex days, you know? And I know your networking skills are, are pretty great, right? That definitely helps you. You, you. you make a lot of friends or what have you. But, you know, I like social media, I like entertaining, and I like to talk to people through a camera, I like to explain shit, so that's my you thing. You know what, man? So sometimes I'm like, all right, this fucking guy right here, man. But I'm like, you know what? I was like, you do it in a certain way. You know, there was that guy, he's a comedian, Jin Kid? Yeah. And he sent me a video. I don't know why the fuck I even accepted the message. When I did, I fucking laughed so fucking hard. And he said, you know what? Me and Max are cool, so it's not any drama. And it made me, I haven't laughed so hard in a long time. Because he did that video. I guess he does like yeah, impressions. Yeah. Impressions. And he yeah. did an impression of me, which I love. I love that impression. When he did, he's like, I'll press you every fucking day. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is incredible. The way he even described the chain, it was just hilarious. He's good. He's good. Um, shout out to Jen Kid. Yep. So um, what are you passionate about outside jewelry? I, you know, if I had all the free time in the world, I, I just love history and science Right, I th it, I just uh, study uh, maybe World War Two, then World War One, then Christ. the Punic Wars, and that's just kind of my thing because I like to, you know, I'm at the stage in my life where I'm trying to find out how people got to where they are and how they behave and what motivates them and how civilizations go. That's that's my interest, believe it or not. Right. Okay. And I like to, of course, ride my motorcycle. You know, I got oh, a Chicha 750. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I fly on that thing around yeah. the city, you know, as soon as the weather warms I up. I race motorcycles for a very long time. Uh, but what's your top speed? What's your top out on a motorcycle? Uh, you know what? I didn't make the 200 Club. I think I did 195 on a public highway uh, on my Hayabusa. I did like 178 or something like that. Yeah. Oh, no. We, 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 I would stay 165, 175 on any given bike night. I did the stunts on Biker Boys. We did stuff on a bunch of things. That's dope that you have a Jixxer. Listen, I look at you. Totally fucking different now that you have a Jixxer. Yeah. I, I, and that you have a Suzy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like some people, like if you told me you had a Honda, I'm like, okay, it's very reliable and people have people yeah. who love Hondas love Hondas. Yeah. But the fact that I, I you know, I've had a Ducati, I've had an MV Augustas, yeah. I've had exotic bikes, but I stayed with Suzy. You feel me? Like I was I was a Jixxer and Hayabusa fan. Yeah. Um I had an R1, it had fun on it, but I just was always a Jixxer. I had a Ducati Street Fighter 848, but uh, you know, yeah. I had an incident on that one. Yeah. So I had to give that a... You know, V-Twins are just not my thing, bro. Yeah. It's just, I don't like the... Brrr. Uh, they were all good, man. Every machine I ever got on was good, but the Jigsaw fits me like a glove. Some of these is a nice number. It's right there. Mm -hmm. um, they make the bike so powerful. Let's go back to your history. And yep. you're talking about how people sure. are. This had... I wasn't going to ask you this at all, but because I've been discussing it for now four episodes, it is very serious now. It is a very 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 serious topic i have people hitting me now worried coronavirus what's your opinion on this coronavirus thing coronavirus um kills about three percent of the people that get it right and there's no stopping it now whether it came out of the open air markets where they're you know selling those wild animals or what have you or it came from the lab that's in that region right. that it kind of spread out of there I, I don't know the nature of where it originated but the way the disease uh, this virus 
works with the incubation period for two weeks and this and that. Some's going 40 days, man. Yeah, so it's gonna, I I have a sense that, and my personal sense that they're not saying this in the media or what have you, but if you just do the math of how it spreads, it's probably gonna dominate the world and it could kill, it stands to kill 3% of everybody who's alive. Yeah. And that's a very, very dangerous thing. And I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just waiting for this wave to, to come, I mean, is it going to be quarantine in, in Queens and in New York? Is it going to be... Did you see the CDC shit? finally at least gave the warning yesterday? Yeah. Did you see that? And they finally said it's not if, yeah. it's when it's going to hit. Right. So if you go to any Costco... Yeah. They're you know, clearing um, out. It's yeah, start so all the emergency food is gone. Me and my wife have already got, you know, 60 days of food for every person in my family, all my kids, everybody. Yeah. And it's getting to the point now where it is getting all over the place. China has not released any real numbers. They're completely fucking not being transparent. Yeah. There's probably about a million people infected in China. They got 760 million quarantined. There's probably somewhere between 50, 70,000 deaths there, not 2,500. Two, two, yeah. It just, if you do the math again, like you said, yeah. you know, think about the, the Princess cruise ship, yeah. okay? The 80-year-old man from Hong Kong, he gets on the boat. Once they quarantine it, there was one person infected. He was a crew member, okay? Inside a week, there was like four, 500. Second week, they're at over 800 people now. This guy touched one-tenth of the boat. He's 80 years old. He only went to go eat the buffet. Yeah. He went to the deck. He went to a couple small areas. He's an old man. But it lived on the fucking elevator buttons for you know for days. He breathed, coughed on certain yeah. things, whatever. Yeah. And think, that, that shit infected like 30% of the boat. That virus and, is and, engineered and, to spread. So that's what I mean. It, it, it's crazy. that, And I'm, you know what? I'm so just, I feel, man, I can't tell you. The fact that you know this and you understand how serious this is, San Francisco's declared a state of emergency. Uh, San Diego has. You're talking about a city here. How small New York City is, right? Yeah. Tiny. five, Almost 5 billion people here, and they're saying there's not one case. I had to do some research, hit some nurses up, hit some police people, some attorneys I know. There's a gag order currently in New York State. Uh-huh. They don't want anybody to release any information. New York's one of the five testing states. California's too, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they're not releasing the info. So... When they're saying outbreak, it's already happening. Do you know what I'm trying to say to you? Like it's there's people quarantined in California. There's 700 quarantine in, in Washington State. I already know because of the this town being such an enormous melting pot, and how many Chinese people live in Flushing, and how many people fucking Chinatown and everything. It's like, listen, bro, people have fucked around and been. I've been very careful, you know, with the masks and everything. But yeah, the mask. I don't know how much the mask is going to be uh, effective. You know, you just got to stay away from strangers. Now, being in the jewelry business, that's very difficult to do. Yeah. But I don't really know what the outcome is. Again, I let fate decide at this point. You take whatever precautions you have, but, you know. Listen, but, you're a young dude, though. Yeah. The ones being affected the, the most are ones over 60, right? Mm-hmm. I have a son with respiratory illness. That's where it's scary because, you know, it's the, the crazy part is. I also have a respiratory illness, though. Oh, shit, yeah. then. That, so, it's you know, dangerous, but. You it know, attacks the lungs. What I recommend is um, uh, whether for your sons you have bronchitis or. He has a history of severe asthma where it shuts down his entire body. Okay, well, what I do, and I have, you know, the thing is I keep beating my lungs up because I keep smoking and shit like that. But right. what really, really helps me is steam. Yeah. Steam rooms are great. Especially for me, I had asthma when I was a kid. Yeah. But going back real quick, uh-huh. there was uh, two doctors in China. They were helping out this person on the street. They suspected he had the, the virus. He was infected. He wasn't showing any symptoms. That's the scary part of it, yeah. right? And he had six people assisting him try to carry this guy because he was he acting a little crazy. He didn't want to be detained. He didn't want to be zip tied and whatever the fuck it was. And then there was two police officers, right? They treat him like animals. Of people course. Are fucking, it's uh, a nightmare. They're, they're being... Uh, what do you call it? 
blocked in. Like, you know what I mean? Literally, yeah. they're, they're drilling, shutting the places. The quarantine is yeah. not even it's humane not, It's not even doing anything either, that yeah. quarantine. It's not. So going on, the eight people, the two police and the six assistants, whether it be nurses or anything, yeah. they were wearing medical respiratory masks, just the t- typical ones. They, got all got, they all got the virus. Now, the two doctors were wearing N99 masks, ones I have. And they didn't get it. So that's <laughs> what's an N99 for the for your listeners out there? So the N95. So there's N95 up to even 100. I've never yeah. seen 100 personally, but 99 pretty much is how much you know you're protecting yourself from. So basically, the little tiny dots that are inside the thing, mm-hmm. like a 95 would be tiny. Tiny. 99 would be even tinier. Meaning there's like 0.0001 of a molecule that could possibly get in. And and the corona could be that small. It's tiny. Yeah. You know, no one's ever seen these kind of characteristics in the DNA. It has HIV correct characteristics. When you get you can get it multiple times, which you couldn't do with other, you know, strains of things or viruses. Shit. So they what? say the second time you get it is when you have a there's a 66% chance of death after that one. The first time oh is 3%. Oh my god. On the third time it's like 85. Oh my God! On the third time, yeah, you can get it multiple times. Well, listen, you know what? China <laughs> was going to be a superpower. It was going to be this. It was going to be that. But people got to face the music. So we're going to see in the next four weeks. And you know, all I could do is pray for those people and uh, not much else. If they released that microbe out of that laboratory by negligence, and that was a, a microbe engineered to kill populations, yeah. that is a massive, massive travesty. Yeah. for uh, China to commit. And they're going to bury it. They'll never admit it, just like they oh, never admitted never. all their famines and all their other monstrous yeah. problems. But their economy shut down. And you know what? We got to start thinking about, uh, uh, I mean, the aftermath of that. I mean, you know, uh, people are, 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 you know, in a dream state, right? This thing is happening and we're worried about some bullshit or this and that. And then something comes along and sweeps everybody out to sea. Yeah. And if this is truly that, it's it's hard to believe and it's hard to it's like being in a dream. Because we're I'm worried about, you know, the jewelry store and the rent and this and that, but is that what's going to happen in 3 yeah. months? What's going to happen? And we don't know, you know, they're, they're saying it could be even sooner. You're talking about school closures, they want, you know, schools, university closures, the Madison Square Garden no concerts, church closures, you know, mosque closures, um anywhere where there's things, businesses closed. Let's say for instance like a um, what's a big company? Chase Manhattan, J.P. Morgan, Chase. You know, you have a building, a bunch of people. No, that shit's going to be stopped because there's too many people and, you know, it spreads through, you know, aerosol. It could spread through fucking elevator button, whatever it may be. So let's help the your, your listeners out, man. What, what precautions should they be taking, right? Well, should they get, should right away order gloves, water, canned food? Yeah. Uh, if they're stuck in a quarantine, should they get these M95 masks, get a bunch the thing of Purell? Is this, the N95 masks now are sold out, back order for like three months. Yeah, Even dentists that I know are trying to get masks, they can't. Everything's back ordered. It's fucked up. Yep. I've already been aw- telling people how to wash their hands, how to keep sanitizer on there, wear gloves if you're going to a busy place like an airport, things where you're going to see people pass through things. Just be smart. You know I mean? That's just what it is. Don't wear your clothes in bed that you wore and sat in the bus or where the fuck it may be, but try to avoid things. I've already broke that down. But for the most part, yeah, you know, when I'm in the airport, you see me wearing a mask, you see me wearing gloves, you see me using sanitizer, you see me not, just being very careful, do not touch your fucking mouth. Yeah. Don't touch your mouth or your eyes, or your don't eyes. pick your fucking nose, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Wash your hands and just be careful. You know, sometimes it may be disrespectful. I was on 47th yesterday, the day before don't yesterday, hands. and it's like, fuck, it's hard, right? Especially when you're paying respect to like an elder or somebody, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know what? Every time I do that, I'm, I'm, I'm making sure I don't touch my mouth or my eyes or my hands or my nose, and I'm just sanitizing. Yep. So just keep yourself clean, guys. I've already mentioned this before to you. Right. Um, continuing and carrying on. 
Okay. Do you have any other uh, business measures besides uh, Tracks NYC? Well, I'm I'm fucking with the news. That's why I'm a little briefed on this coronavirus, you know, because people like uh, me explaining stuff, and I, I like the podcasting thing. So I'm playing around with the media. Um, that's pretty much it, essentially. So then, what is the goal for Tracks NYC? Like, like you've come a long way. I do you feel like you have a, a long way to go? Do you feel like you peaked? I mean, I'm just curious. I definitely didn't peak. Um, you know, everybody in the jewelry business, when they get their money, they they go and they go into the real estate or they go into something else. I like fucking with the media, so I think I might, uh, you know, put my pinky toe into that. Good. But I want to build my business and I want to take a trip to Tokyo. Those dreams are kind of dashed now for, to, yeah. for with this bullshit going on. But, uh, you know, I got Tracks Tokyo out there as a good friend of mine. You know what's funny is he's a... So my client and friend, yeah, he's a client, client friend of mine too as well. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's the best. Hideki's an amazing guy. I'm in Tokyo three, four times. I just had to cancel next week's trip. Yeah. Um, all my clients and everything. It's fucked up. It's yeah. it's getting really bad. But that's funny. I didn't, I didn't even think about that right now until I realized when all that shit happened, he reached out to me. He's like, yo, man, please don't fight. Don't yeah, yeah he, he did that. He's the best. Hideki's a really, really good dude. And, you know... This business is a lot of pressure over here. I want to get it on its feet, and I kind of want to work at Tracks Tokyo. Get the fucking pressure off of me. Let this thing do its thing. Make money because I have jewelers working with so on and so forth. I nice. got good friends here that, that are holding it down. And I want to go to Tracks Tokyo and, you know, be in... Uh, I love Tokyo. I don't really know how else to fucking describe it. I, want to take I love a Tokyo. Of, it's one of my favorite places to go to. Yeah, take a couple of months off. Um, have you ever had a client not pay you? Of course. And what do you do, man? What do you, how, do you, how do you handle it? Uh, that depends. I mean, sometimes there's no need to exert the energy to, to go chase them out. You just got to avoid that situation. Uh, whether they put it, you, you know, you, if you follow business protocol, you're not going to be put in that situation. Some client, if they're going to put a deposit or so on and so forth, you don't give them anything and, and yeah. let them out. Of course, you got this Takashi shit that I, did, that I dealt with. but that, I don't know. Actually, tell you the truth. Again, I'm sorry, Max. I, I'm not to fucking like... Put, yeah. I kind of get into a self-obsession thing, and I kind of like, I know the news here and there. As far as some in the jewelry business, like kind of like stuff, I had heard something on Worldstar, but I don't know exactly. Could you break down the situation? Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I was just promoting marketing my business, and I was just uh, giving out some free earrings or something like that. And some DJ gave a, a bag of, of with the Tracks logo to Takashi. They photographed him. And all of a sudden, Shadi pops out to my office. And says, oh, I've been following you for a long time. I've been doing this and doing that and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And he brings this kid in. And I guess they had an angle. I didn't even know who he was at the time. I was right. like, oh, Takashi, Takashi, this and that. I didn't know what was going on. But he brought this kid in and, you know, I saw a marketing opportunity. I didn't know anything about him. Again, like you're self-absorbed, or so, so to speak. Right. You know, I was sitting there listening to... Uh, you know, uh, ancient Rome on, on a podcast or on audiobook, right. I'm not listening to paying attention to who's popping off and hip hop. But when I met him, you know, they, they, it was shoddy. He gave me the, the, you know, bring this to me and do this and do that. And I saw him when I did my research, I saw the, the attention this guy was getting. And I, you know, I hopped on my Ducati Street Fighter and I went down to uh, Brooklyn where they were at. And, you know, Shadi wanted me in there because I'm a jeweler and I gave him some legitimacy. And we were rolling around and hanging out and I was just doing my marketing thing. And then, you know, they had the shooting in the Barclays Center and uh, things went left and they had other priorities. And I, you know, cashed in on my marketing opportunity as best as I could, which w went viral for me. And, you know, that kind of disparaged my image, too. But that was self-inflicted. 
But I knew that I could maneuver around that. As soon as I got the attention, then I could tell a different story, then I could do this, then I could do gold education and all sorts of shit. So that's really how that went down. You know what's crazy is that you, you just really broke that down in a scientific way, and you really did break it down as if someone was about, you know, 11 years old should be able to understand that. And then on a business level, you broke that down, you know, as a first year, second year, you know, university person, like that, it was interesting that you would understand, you admitted it, because there's things I might have done and be like, you know what, this is going to be some shit, fuck it, let's do this and let's see what the, you know, let's see what the fire does. Maybe the fire takes us into a good place, maybe it takes us to a bad place and we prepare for both of it. Well, I, I say one thing, I mean, you know what I'm saying, like I always read on your page, where you're, you're Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, and that's, <laughs> that's your thing, that's cool, but me, I'm a humble guy, I, I don't right. like the trendy brands, I don't like, uh, you know, uh, I don't really give a shit what celebrity or this and that, that's just me, I mean, that, everybody, for you. Yeah, everybody pays attention to you. You see me wearing any, any, I see your bathing ape back there. And, oh, I'm endorsed you know, by them, bro, yeah, that's yeah, an endorsement. I got you, of course, you know, whatever it is. So uh, I'm not saying that you're uh, some trendy guy, you're a white tee and you have a, a classic look or what have you. Right. But for me, none of that shit matters, and I know that people's minds are malleable. They'll say that you're a sucker one day, and then if you if you believe in yourself, which I do, and I yeah. and and you strengthen your mind, you could change your perspective. You can enlighten them in certain ways, and I like to play that game. And if I have to, you know, take two steps back to take three steps forward, I will. Hey, man, shit again, man. You're you're, you're winning me over, man. <laughs> I appreciate you're, you're making, that. Thank you're, you. You're making make me rethink about. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I might have to make a new post about you. How long do you see yourself in the joy business? Like, how long do you see yourself doing the same thing? Well, well, not the same thing. I'm sorry. Not, yeah, building this business and involving myself with this. Um, you know, the reality is, it's it's at this point in time with all the things that have been, I've been involved with, it's already in my blood, man. There's nowhere to to go, and this is my bread and butter. This is the business that's been feeding me since I was 18 years old, and uh, you know, giving me the chance to. Uh, live a independent life and I respect it and I learned it and the, the knowledge I have here as much as I would love to study this and study that and do this and do that the knowledge I have here is greater than and, and it made a man out of me as well so I think I'm going to keep kicking this and keep uh, keep hustling for a while and see and you know that's good. I mean, take it to the grave with hey me man, that's what that it looks like you feed 35 people too so that's a big deal too yep. uh, what would you say your biggest piece you've made to date that kind of like it's famous. Well, I just popped out today, now that you mentioned it, with this uh, piece I made for Jody High Roller, which is pretty cool. You know, as you guys pointed out, right? I mean, I, I, I like to serve. When I started in the business, I had no, my mindset was, because I didn't come from a, a rich background, I always thought that people were watching their purse. And that's why when I sold my first ring, I, I bought it for $750 and I sold it for $750. I'm always thinking about people. I can't imagine selling something to somebody for 10,000, 100,000, 200,000. It was never in my mentality. So I went for the mass market. You know what I'm saying? Right. 395, right? 650, 750. And I just wanted to sell jewelry to the masses. That was my objective. Right. I wasn't thinking about Jay Z and Beyonce and the top of the world. Right. So I built my business around that. But, you know, I personally have the jewelry skills and the cognitive skills to put a piece of jewelry together. It's not as hard as people might think. No, not at all. Yeah, but it's it, it takes it, some when measurement. It, it when takes it gets to the intricate, detailed things, sure. like this last piece I made with Takashi Murakami, yeah. it is serious business. It takes time. It, you can't defy science in certain ways. There's a lot of different things going on. You know, um, I'm not using CAD on something like this. There's CAD. Sometimes the things come got to come in, but I get it. Um, 
So when it comes to that, I mean, I made a, a pretty sick piece for this guy. That cost about $80,000. And uh, the, I got into it particularly because he caught on to this little conflict we had. And I some some high rollers kind of came my way from that. I, uh, unfortunately, I mean, I guess, so to speak, you know. Why unfortunately? I mean, well, that's good I mean, you. Know, that's not the way I wanted to attract them, but so on and so forth. So... I'm doing this, and my personal skills, I could put a piece of beautiful jewelry together, but I'm building a business that gives people now some Now you value. owe me dinner, man. You know what I'm saying? I now I owe you dinner. I got you. Anytime <laughs> you want, bro. I never had Azerbaijan food. Wait, I take so, you to Corona restaurant. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, I know, funny. Um, that's an amazing way to look at things. I will say this. Yeah. I remember seeing you on like Nike Talk threads here and there, just seeing like think people pop up. Hey, man, they got the fucking um, the bow tie earrings. You know what I'm saying? They got this, and they got the fucking, you know, uh, yo, this is this. And I was like, you know what? This dude's just a major manufacturer that's like, I didn't think it was a young dude. It looked like it was a major a major company. So yeah. I was like, you know, and then when I finally started seeing around, I don't know if you know my relationship with World Star. Um, Q is one of my best friends in my life. He is my firstborn's godson. He um, even left a small piece to my, my son and, you know, he's passed away, rest in peace. So that's my family. And, yeah. and, and you know, I have... You know, World Star email address. I'm start. I'm still part of the, you know of that team. They told me. They told me. Yeah. So you know, it's funny. Like I sit there and I never hated. If I was gonna be a dick, I was said what I said. Sure. But you know what? You did what you had to do to yeah. to do your thing. It's just funny because I always thought it was like a 200 person company, yeah. China, New York, wherever the fuck it was. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be another thing. But going on. Sure. What do you do for fun besides riding your motorcycle? Besides riding my motorcycle, besides women, besides smoking <laughs> a joint and watching, you know, um, YouTube and podcasts and, th and things like that. Um, not much, man. I just keep to myself and I like to study. I like to learn. I, it's, a, it's a very rewarding feeling for me when, when I'm, my mind opens up to a, a higher dimension, you know. I'm just looking and observing the world. I'm very curious about it. And, you know, my first priority as a young man was to make an honest dollar and to get myself on my feet, pay my own rent, and, and be able to fucking lift a fork and put it to my mouth, you know what I'm saying, and, and live my life. I accomplished that for myself, and now I just want to, you know, enlighten my mind, travel, chill. That's it. Same shit. Nothing special, bro. Nice. Do you have a favorite restaurant in New York City? Um, the first one that popped into my head is uh, Monzo, right? In uh, Italy. You ever heard of Italy? Yeah, but I've never been in Monzo before. Italy is a is like a supermarket that's yeah. all Italian imported stuff, and it has like five restaurants in it. Right. It's one, Mario Batali, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. yeah. That name uh, rings a bell. So yeah. Monzo's in there. Now, what's the story with Monzo is they got vintage wines from Italy, 1976, 1986, I had a 67 over there. I think I drank them all already. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. but those are, and it's not that expensive, like $600 or $500 for those bottles. The thing about those vintages, not a lot of people give a shit about them, and I'm sure most of the people don't that are listening to me right now, but for me... You no, know, I have some wine drinkers on here. I just I can't afford $600 bottle of wine. Too I, I, I bet, I bet, I bet. But you know what I'm saying? Maybe you, you, you might be in the 20s and the 30s. That might be your flavor. But the thing is, you know, that vintage wine, that's another thing that that they have there. And in another restaurant, it'll be $2,000, $3,000. And for me, that shit is like a time machine. I feel like yeah. I'm in the 60s when I'm drinking that shit. Right. So that's my thing. That's my place. Where's your, where's your favorite place to vacation? Favorite place to vacation would be Tokyo because the vacation is cool, but I like to work, right? When I was living in Tokyo, I got a crib over there. I'd get on my electric bicycle, uh, ride down to Tracks Tokyo, you know what I'm saying? Give a pound to Hideki and start doing videos, 
We go to Hong right. Kong and shit. We do all sorts of shit over there. And he's li- the lifestyle he's living over there compared to what I'm doing over here. I'm going home and I'm watching YouTube. He he's taking his clients out, hostess club, yeah, this that, all sorts of shit going on. There's so, so much fun. So it's, that, a, it's, it's it's a it's a down. big playground, man. Tokyo is where it's at for me. Do you like any? Like you like cars? You you have any? Do you have any crazy cars? Yeah, I just... have a. I mean, I drive an SQ5, and you know, I used to have an S5. I don't have anything super crazy. I love my motorcycle. You, you have a beautiful car out here, but you're just gonna sit in traffic anyway. Hit True. a fucking pothole. I, when I had my S5, the V8, back when in 2008 or what have you, I bought that shit. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? That was a beautiful car, black, red leather in, interior, so on and so forth. A bubble in my tire every fucking block I would get. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So okay. th- that shit was a waste of time out here, man. All right. What's your favorite watch? My favorite watch? Um, let's say, I mean, I like the, the classic Rolexes. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I can't go uh, like what? I, I can't go wrong with Day, that. Day, the Daytona. 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 I, I thought you were gonna say that. I, I, Stainless you, or gold? I like the me personally. If I want to wear for every day and you know not uh, shit on everybody, because when you're wearing a thirty, forty thousand dollar watch every day, you know that at, in today's society it's already a danger, right? With right. people following and this and that. Yeah. So, um, especially rest in peace to Pop Smoke. I don't know what the, but you, when you, you know, to these rappers, I just want to, uh, if they're listening, what have you, when you're wearing $200,000, $250,000 worth of jewelry and someone else is walking around with $15 in their pocket, you do the math, right? And all they have is a, the most expensive thing they own is a $700, 22, uh, you know, Glock or something like that, whatever the fuck it is. It's a dangerous thing. So. Yeah. My personal watch, if I was going to, you know, I wear my Trax MyC watch that I made a million years ago, but uh, I like the the Mother of Pearl a two-tone Daytona. You know what I'm saying? The two-tone yellow and stainless steel Daytona with that Mother of Pearl face. I love that Mother of Pearl face. Right. I love that watch. Zenith movement or after? Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I mean, I, I didn't dig too deep in that. Now that you mention it, I remember. I think that uh, after is the one I prefer now that it rings a bell, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny, you know, about the pop smoke, rest in peace. Uh I used the almost identical um situation. I said, Listen, you got a ton of money, you're, you're showing hundred thousand in cash, you got two hundred thousand jewelry, and you got dudes, four guys in the car, and they got twenty dollars total to their name in the car. What do you think they're gonna do? You know, it's it, they're gonna take a chance. Uh anyways, I don't want that's negativity. Um I just have like two last things, right? Sure, sure. And uh, is there anybody, you seem like a very non-malicious person, but it's just a funny thing. Is there anybody you want to put on blast or are you just... Nah. Put on blast? Uh, maybe. I mean, let me think for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, just think, if there's somebody that should be put on blast... Please do it. Please. Uh, that'd be fucking great. I would great, love man. to. But nah, it doesn't... No, no one pops into my head. But you know, the whole Diamond District, uh, you know, since you extended your olive branch to me, I'll put the whole Diamond District on blast. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, especially 47 is a fucking crazy place. Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to point my finger at anybody, but there's a lot of people there that were very disrespectful when I was coming up as a kid. You know what I I'm saying? You. When I when I knocked on their, on their door, they thought I was a thief. You know what I'm saying? They thought I looked like this. You don't like look this. like a thief? You look like a... Well, you know, now I look like a, a, a normal adult, but back then I had baggy jeans and a white tee, and they just, it was nasty. And I have right. a lot of animosity. When I have real animosity, this is nothing to me or, or to Takashi. That's nothing. That's just entertainment and marketing. But animosity is when, you know, people took a, a certain route where they, they wanted to fuck me over they could have got more money if they held me down and we worked together because right. I'm a work together type of guy. But they fucked me over instead. Yeah. And it's in the back of my mind. and I, I don't see it going anywhere, bro. You know what's funny is when I walked down 47th for the last 
15 years. Even, I think around 2006 when I started becoming popular in the jewelry game. Even since then, there's nothing but people who just want me to fucking do something for them. They fucking love me. They fucking give me hugs. Like, hey, come in the store. Hey, take a picture with me. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And I see these people change. I see some businesses go good and some people, yeah. they portray this fake lifestyle. Because I see them, I'm like, bro, what are you, what are you doing? Dog? This is not you. You know, whatever. And that's, hey, listen, it's honorable that you did this by yourself. Um, my last question for you is, I ask every person that, that it comes on my show, is there anything you want to ask me? Anything I want to ask you, all right? I didn't come prepared to ask you, but give me a second. Yeah. Let me. Yeah, we just th throw it out there, you know? Let me it's think about it. Well, let me ask you this. Where do you see yourself in uh, 10 years? Where's Ben Baller? In 10 years, I'm definitely not working ever again. I'm, I mean, I'm trying to get out of here in three to five. 10 years, I just want to watch my kids grow up. At 10 years, my oldest son will be graduating high school. You know, in 10 years, hopefully, you know... Um, I mean, I, hopefully I'm actually maybe retired in San Francisco. I don't want to be in L.A. anymore. I born, was born and raised all my life. What do you mean retired, brother? I mean, you're going to be sitting there by the poolside with a martini in your hand? And... I'm going to be drinking water and trying to get in better shape, do a little bit more wellness, uh -huh. you know, a little more health and wellness uh, awareness. And, um, yeah, man, I don't want to physically, I don't want to do any kind of work. I don't, want to, I don't want to own a business. If I own some real estate and there's money coming here, but pretty much my money's coming from when I fall. When I go to sleep, I'm making money uh -huh. from something else. I just don't want to actually have a title other than being a father and a husband. Good for you, bro. Yeah. That's good. I hope you, it's no doubt you're going to get there, so enjoy yourself, man. Hey, man, my brother, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really glad. This was a fucking amazing episode. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a break. Yo, Miles, man, can you throw on that Lakey Lake beat? And we will be right back. So, um, you know what? I'm still kind of shocked. Uh, Max, aka Tracks NYC, is a. I, I should ask him why the fuck he named it Tracks NYC, but you know what? He was really articulate, you know. I was impressed, you know. Seriously, he's uh, he wasn't wearing a suit though. So, anyways, <laughs> um, yesterday was me and my wife's eighth wedding anniversary. We have been together for ten years total, a little over. And uh, again, we've been married for eight, and it's been pretty crazy to see all the pics. Me and her went over some pics together, and uh, the fact that all this shit has happened in the last ten years is just insane, Nicolette. I love you so much. I can't thank you enough for all that you've done. I, I love our family so much. It's crazy. I can't wait to get back to LA and celebrate. In fact, I am headed back in a few hours. I uh, I was going to stay another day. Fuck that. I miss everyone, especially you and Kaya and London and Ryder. Um, oh, yeah. My podcast with one of the biggest, um, well, actually, one of the only few Asian New Ang news anchors on national tv her name is may lee uh she's korean her podcast actually released the episode i was on that i filmed uh, a few weeks ago and uh you know next shark the big uh instagram page posted asian page posted a four minute clip and asians just got so fucking mad they all been out of shape and you know like oh this guy's fucking uh only flaunts his wealth and whatever and it's you know it's hilarious you know you got these scholars in there just a bunch of complainers man just you know my whole thing was i just think asian people are too fucking soft and they're just upset about it and of course they are all right there's people out there like oh what about uh where's ben's social activism you know where's his philanthropy work and motherfuckers are crying and talking that soft shit you know dry haters i love it listen 
Listen to the entire fucking podcast, you fucking goofies. Don't fucking make assumptions off of a small, small little clip. Um, there was a disturbing video, super disturbing, went on every single Asian blog of some old Chinese guy that was in a very serious hood, um, Bayview Heights. Uh, he's actually in Hunters Point district of uh, HP of San Francisco. It's a very serious hood. And there's like five or six black dudes and they're fucking beating up. They're giving the dude a hard time. They're pushing him around, calling him racial slurs, took his cans. And you know what? Listen, dog, I don't give a fuck what color you are, man. Listen, you guys are scumbags, piece of shits. Hope you motherfuckers get everything you get. And again, it got nothing to do with color. It's just sad that, you know, you motherfuckers have your issues already and you're going to pick on some old 80-year-old man. It was crazy. But I don't know. The SFPD says they're on it. Um, I don't know. It's crazy. Bella Hadid even made a post about it. Saying it's heartbreaking. It is sad. Uh, what else? Yesterday, I had a, I had a dope ass sit down at Bape. Um, we got something we're discussing right now. Thank you, Kev, my man Kev, for the accessories um, and and the gear. Um, actually, listen, I can't wait to get home tonight. All right, listen, I'm actually as soon as I get out of here, I'm on my way to visit Daniel Arsham's studio. Daniel Arsham is a big artist. He said his studio is like the Willy Wonka's chocolate factory for adults. Um, He's gifting me a fucking very expensive bear brick, which he was supposed to give me like four months ago. I want to kill him, but I love him. He's a fucking amazing dude. Um, no big deal. Like crazy bear brick. It is a collaboration between him and Soriyama, one of my favorite Japanese artists. And um, if I were to describe Daniel Arsham, I would say he was the 2070 Albert Einstein. Super talented. Very abstract. Um, I don't know. This is weird. Uh, so yeah, gonna get out of here, and um, I'm excited that I was able to get that extra seat next to me, so I didn't have anybody sitting next to me that might be sick for six hours, and thank God for Wi-Fi, and what else am I thankful for? You know what? Thank you to everyone who showed love on my Kobe piece. The the piece went fucking viral. That Kobe Bryant tribute piece was posted. Every single basketball page posted it. You know, it, it was dope. They, you know, and and um, you know what? Shout out to Complex and Hypebeast. They have been supporting me for a decade or even longer. Um, they featured it as well. I love this piece so much. It's so clean, and no joke. Listen, if Vanessa Bryant really wanted this piece, and she reached out to me about it, I'd give it to her. I'm not gonna go out of my way and certain things. You know, I want to bug her or whatever. But it was like something like that. Cool. But to all the suggesters and. The guys out there saying, hey, you should do this. You should do this. And you should make one for this. You should shut the fuck up, period. Just listen, do me, do me, shut the fuck up, please, okay? Don't worry about what the fuck I do, whether I donate to charity or fucking give the fucking funds and auction it and fucking give the proceeds to fuck. Don't, don't worry about what the fuck I do, all right? I'll always do the right thing, okay? Just do me a favor, shut the fuck up, okay? You make a living make some money, all right? And this ain't a cheap shot at broke people. I'm just saying, make some money. It's not easy to make money, right? Make some money. And then you tell me what you would do once you make some money and you want to give somebody a fucking $30,000 piece. It's small as fuck. And that's how expensive the thing was because it's made of platinum. There's crazy baguettes in it. There's 55 baguettes to be exact. It's just crazy. Too many people talking about a game they aren't even in and they don't even have tickets to and they don't even have a TV to watch the game. You know what I mean? But again, I love this piece. I really do so fucking much. Um, my next piece that I've been wanting to make is this emoji piece, which is my favorite emoji, period. 
I'm sure all of you that know me know an emoji that is. Um, sidebar, my text messages are getting really fucking bad. I can't even reply to my actual friends. Um, WhatsApp is driving me crazy. I, I want to delete it. It's 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 making me a little nervous. I don't know. I don't even know if I want to be on WhatsApp anymore. Um, I have been on my iPad game heavy as fuck though. Yo, speaking of which, Motorola. Yo, what's good? Supposed to be in January. Then you said February. Yo, we're about to be in March. Like, what is good with my Flip 2020 Razor? Like, you know, like I'm really like, like curious. Um, last night I did a fucking stupid, dope, sick ass interview with my street godfather, Ice T, which I'll be dropping next week. I can't believe the fucking amount of OGs that have been hitting me up to be on the podcast and that they want to be on the podcast. I'm just like, I'm, I'm flattered. All right. But the OG shit that me and Ice T got into was fucking amazing. He is just so fucking awesome, man. He's like family for real. Um, I just got to figure out when I'm going to schedule everyone that wants to get on the show. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm doing the Wolf of Wall Street's uh, podcast, The Wolf's Den, um, in a couple weeks. I'm excited to see my guy, Jordan Belfort, again. Uh, shout out to Jimmy Boy again. He helped me out this week. He rolled with me. He uh, was stomping in these New York streets with me, taking pictures, doing videos, hanging out. Um, I think he might have scared tracks a little bit. Not by intentionally, but it was just some misunderstanding shit. Um, and by the way, I write down all the notes that I can as possible when it comes to this podcast because sometimes I forget and my life is crazy. But um, that's it. That's the time that we have for this episode. I hope you liked it. I liked it. I think the tracks thing was dope. Um, I want to get more jewelers on here. Please don't forget to subscribe if you haven't to my podcast. And always tell your friends to tell their friends about behind the baller right i do this for me but i do this for you as well um unorthodox living is all i know all right until the weekend wrap up this is the end of episode 58 my guy from arizona by the name of lakey inspired can you please take us out with one of your beats peace peace